Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 36 of Intuitive Bites. For the show today, I'm chatting with Sonali Rashatwar, who you may know from Instagram as the Fat Sex Therapist. And we're chatting about a post that Sonali made, which basically said, um, is your future self or is your future body as fat as you are right now? And I thought this was just a really interesting question to pose, and it was really interesting to hear Sonali's take on you know what this means and how our vision of ourselves in the future can be really impactful, and, and it really um, matters how we are envisioning that. Um, but there's also a lot of content in this episode that I am just like kind of blown away by, and I'm so interested to hear to learn more about. Um, And Sonali gives some resources and references and places that all of us can can learn more um, from what she mentions here. So really, really awesome content. I'm excited to share it with you. Um, Yeah. And I also wanted to let you guys know about um, my virtual intuitive eating support group that's starting on June 5th. So this support group is going to be Wednesday nights and it's going to be a one-hour phone call from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And it'll run for, you know, six weeks starting June 5th. Um, in addition to the weekly support phone call as a group, um, you'll also have access to a private Facebook group um, with the other members. And we'll be discussing things in the group as well. And, you know, really it'll just be a great place for you guys to interact with each other and, um, compare what's going on, what, you know, what struggles are coming up on your journey. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really, really helpful. I think that this is the number one thing that comes up for most people I talk to about intuitive eating and most of my clients is that they really need that deeper support. They want to be talking to people who really understand where they are at in their journey. So this is really going, going to offer that. So if you're interested, um, the early bird rate is still in effect. It's through May 17th. Um, so you could reach out to me if you're interested in signing up for that. You can send me a DM on Instagram um, um, which is at the intuitive underscore RD, or you can email me at the intuitive RD at gmail.com. So without any further ado, let's go listen to my conversation with Sonali. Hi, Sonali. So we are ready to go. I would love if you just um, took a couple of seconds here to introduce yourself and your work and maybe a little bit about, you know, what got you into this space. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Sonali Rashatwar. I use she and they pronouns, and I am popularly known as the Fat Sex Therapist on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I am based in Philadelphia, and I just actually started my own little private practice called Radical Therapy Center, 
and I'm a sex therapist who specializes in working with individuals who have experienced sexual trauma or are working through internalized fat phobia or other body image issues, along with having complex identities. So like being queer, being trans, or being other racialized or ethnic identity. Awesome. This is, that's so awesome. I'm so excited to, to have you here, really, <laughs> truly. Um, and I find your work really fascinating. As I was digging in a little bit more today, I was just kind of blown away by all the different areas you, you do work in. And I don't know, I just think it's really, really fascinating. Um, so I, I had originally, you know, uh, posed to you to talk a little bit more about a post that you had made, which essentially posed the question, you know, is future you as fat as you are now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would love to ask you just kind of maybe what sparked that thought and kind of what um, you're getting at by, by posing that question. Yeah. So most of my posts that I make are often uh, my own workings in unlearning fat phobia mm-hmm. and in working through my own internalized fat phobia. So one thing that I struggle with Uh, personally, is that I'm still stuck to this dream that diet culture, this myth that diet culture has sold me, that there will be a future date that I will be less fat than I am today. And for folks who have never seen my, they've never seen a photo of me or they've never known my work before, I am not a small person. I am a super fat person. Mm. And I am still stuck on this idea that there will be some dream future where I'll be thinner. And so that's me realizing that in order to fully accept this body that I have today, I have to not treat it like a temporal reality. I have to not treat it like this is a temporary body. And for folks who grew up fat, like I grew up fat, um, I was put on my first non-consensual diet mm. by my parents around ages like eight, nine, and 10, like really formative years. Yeah. And for me, I have to uh, work through this idea that my body is is not this obesity time bomb that's going to go off any minute, and and I'm not I'm not this imminent uh, threat of death. That my body is actually doing pretty okay, and <laughs> <laughs> totally okay if I if I accept that this is the size that I might be forever. Yeah, I think that's that's so helpful, and I, you know when I. I don't know. I, I when I was reading that and thinking about it, I, I think that it's interesting because I think that even if maybe we feel that we arrive at a place of somewhat acceptance of where our body is now or, or whatever, um, you know, that when you shift it to thinking about the future, I think that something that diet culture really sells is this, this idea of like this hope, right? This this hope that you can achieve this thing in the future and like you can get the right plan that's going to get you there. So to frame it as like, what if my body stays exactly how it is, you know, right now? And what if I'm, you know, as you posed, what if, um, you know, I'm exactly this fat in the future or whatever, um, I think is a really helpful way to, like you said, like dig into the the internalized fat phobia that may be kind of under some layers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause what I, in my body image workshops, what I really want us to do is understand the ways that our minds and our imaginary have been colonized by this idea. Now for me, at least based in the U S For me, diet culture is rooted in white supremacy here in the U.S. And that's based on these like colonized beauty standards that have come over and across borders with white supremacy uh, and settler colonialism here in the U.S. And we see that when we see images of like 
the, the photos that colonizers took, like Napoleon Bonaparte, for example, in like the late 1800s, if you were to see photos that he took in order to document like how savage natives looked in places like uh, West Africa, for example, he would take images, he would take photos of fat women completely nude and with like, of course, like large breasts, large stomach, large um, uh, butt, um, large thighs, and even like thick calves and ankles. And the purpose of that is to create this like dichotomy of civilized and and someone who's savage. And so these same beauty ideals are actually implanted within our imaginary today, like colonization hasn't ended. And so what I want us to remember is that even when our imaginary is colonized, so like our imaginary helps us to establish what the future might look like. Our imaginary helps us to decide whether or not we fit into the box of like healthy, happy, normal, and and worthy of love and desire. And when our body size doesn't fit into that box, you know, we're writing our humanity out of existence. We're dehumanizing ourselves. And that's a form of colonization of the mind. That is the colonization of our imaginary when we can't even imagine that our future selves might look similar to our current self or even fatter and that being okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's super powerful to think about it in that way. That's, that's really helpful. And you know, you're, you're digging into a, a, a topic that I also was going to ask you about because I, I had seen something, you know, a quote of yours, um, you know, basically thinness is a white supremacist beauty ideal. And for me, this is something that um, I want to, I, I feel like I don't know enough about, and I'm really interested to hear more from you about this, because I think even if you could like break it down to like even more simple than you just did, um, <laughs> that would be really helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So if we think about time in terms of pre-colonization and post-colonization. We are still in the period of post-colonization. And so one of the biggest points, one of the biggest takeaways in my body image workshops is that I want us to establish that colonialism hasn't ended and that our minds are constantly actually still unlearning colonization because pre-colonialism, and this is also a false binary and I want to just state that because uh, even pre-colonialism, there are still like different supremacisms and different things going on in, in different places. So for our purposes, I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. So pre-colonialism, <laughs> there existed many more than two genders. There existed uh, many more than even one or two sexual orientations. Uh, there existed, of course, a diversity of body sizes and appreciation for different body sizes. Um, in other languages other than English, there aren't words for to describe all the the two gender options that we have because mm-hmm. these things were so normalized that they didn't require categorization. They didn't require like labels. Mm-hmm. And so what I what I the reason that I want us to think of beauty ideals as a form of colonization is because there when we th- say things like, oh, media helps helps to socially determine as a group what our group belief is or what our group value is. And that's absolutely true. But when we, what I want us to name is that there is a socio-political driving force that is establishing who controls that media, who profits from that media, uh, who is featured in that media, um, the ways that the body ideal will shift 
in small ways to more and more unattainable ideals. So sometimes I get questions about like the thick ideal Mm -hmm. and how now there's like fat is acceptable, but only in places like breast, hips, um, butt, right? And thighs, but it's, but nowhere else. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's still this actual unattainable idea because the purpose of white supremacy, the purpose of a system of domination is to establish a binary. And this is what we see with gender, and this is what we see with body size as well. And we see it in many other places too. We see it with race, right? White versus black, mm. male versus female, uh, thin versus fat. Mm-hmm. Anytime we create a binary like that, we create a hierarchy and a stratification where one thing gets to be better than the other. And just like we learn with eating disorder recovery, we need to abolish that binary, that good and bad food binary. And this is another one too. We need to abolish the thin fat binary, even the male, female, gender binary, right? All binaries. Yeah. And you know, another one I'm thinking of too, as you're speaking is like healthy, unhealthy. Yes. (laughs) This is why I love your post. that you put up there I'm like yes reshare it everyone needs to be this. <laughs> oh my god you're the best <laughs> uh, you know and as you're talking about this I'm like thinking like first of all for my own sake and I think people who are listening do you have recommendations for well first of all tell me more about your body image workshops and are there more coming up and also what resources do you have for or do you think would be helpful for people to be looking into more of this information Mm. So for folks who are interested in learning more about the intersection of like colonization and body image, there are some great writers I would recommend reading up on uh, who are all fat, who are all queer, um, and who are all scholars. So the writings of Caleb Luna, um, and they are a brilliant fat thinker based out of Berkeley, California. They all, like you could Google their name and you would find very accessibly written pieces on desirability politics and body image as a form of uh, colonialism. Um, you could also look up Virgie Tovar mm-hmm. and uh, she is, she's not queer, but she's actually um, a fat writer and she's mm-hmm. written one of the really great primers on diet culture uh, called, right? The book called, um, You Have the Right to Remain Fat. Yes. And of course, I always recommend Ashley Shackelford. She's a non-binary black uh, queer thinker who actually created the very first fat census. And her research was published, uh, self-published in uh, 2017 or 2018. And she also has great writing on the ways that fat queers the body. And so how uh, fat on a masculine body can feminize it and fat on a masculine body Oh, sorry, fat on a feminine body can masculinize yeah. it. And fat on a non-binary body can kind of push it in either direction uh, in ways that might feel consensual or not so great. Yeah. And uh, she has great writing on the ways that she grew up, uh, how the way that she grew up fat impacted her ability to buy clothes within her like gender category when she was young. And so buying clothes within like the husky little boy section really helped her to play with gender in huh. these expansive, creative ways. Mm-hmm. So great writing by Ashley Shackelford too. And again, like writing that's accessible that you won't need like a a thesaurus next to you to understand. Awesome. I love that. And can you also expand on um, like more about your body image workshops that you've done or that you're planning to do? Oh yeah. Um, I definitely want to have some kind of like webinar Mm. because there are so many folks virtually who are interested in this content. Yes. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm trying to figure out a way to make it uh, to make it work and find out a price point. But I'm based in Philly, and I'm uh, I'm always touring. I just got done a spring speaking tour, and it seems like they kind of like go with the waves of the semester. So maybe I'll have another mini tour in the fall. I know that I'll be in uh, Portland in the fall, and uh, for any of your listeners who are based in Portland, and um, <laughs> And definitely uh, some West Coast next spring as well. Okay. And I'll definitely have, I'll, I'm going to start working on some virtual options. I'm going to get on it. Yes, yes. I love that idea. And definitely you have these things on your website or when you have them set, you will be on your website, right? Definitely. I have them on my website, um, sonaliar.com and radicaltherapycenter.com. Uh, that's where I post the events on RadicalTherapyCenter.com. And I always post uh, those images on my Instagram stories and I keep them as a highlight on my Instagram page. Oh, that's helpful to know. And I'll definitely be linking below for that too. So people can find you. Um, but before <laughs> I'm already getting ahead of myself, asking you all these resources, <laughs> uh, but I, <laughs> I'd love to ask you one, at least one more question. Um, so getting back, <laughs> rewinding back a few minutes here. Um, so I guess I'm thinking, um, what tools do you have for people or what, yeah, what ideas do you have for people who may be struggling with this idea of accepting either their body as it is now, or if you want to pose it as like, you know, their body in the future, their body being exactly as it is now in the future. Like, where do you think somebody starts with this beyond looking into all these resources and learning more? Like, what could they do? I love the really simple visual diet intervention. So kind of like taking inventory of where we receive our visual cues. So taking account of our visual diet or taking inventory of our visual diet means kind of being conscious and aware of all the visual images we are visually consuming in like a day or a week or a month based on like the images that we pass by when we're walking um, down a bus stop or when we're who we follow on social media, what types of movies or TV that we're watching and really helping to, to kind of pump some awareness into that and to remember that all of the visual images that we visually consume psychologically help to establish what we perceive to be as normal. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not seeing images reflective of us and reflective of our own bodies, which is especially important for folks of color, disabled folks, fat folks, trans folks, queer folks, when we are not seeing ourselves reflected in media, we are more likely to psychologically perceive ourselves as abnormal. And so when we actually take stock of our visual diet, what we can do is subtract those accounts, especially aspirational accounts from our social media and subtract the media that we're consuming that doesn't make us feel good and add more of that media that feels representative or the social media accounts that feel uh, not aspirational in the same ways, um, but aspirational in different ways. So this is a tool that I've used personally. I was that kid. I was that fat kid in middle school who would wear like sweaters in like peak humid New Jersey August summer. And, and I want you to really feel how swampy that feels under your feel skin, right? And between yeah. your eyes, it doesn't, it's so uncomfortable. And so what really helped me was to adjust the bodies that I was visually consuming through my Instagram feed and my Facebook feed at that time. 
Mm-hmm. And what I did was I would have to subtract out even my friends' accounts who were still actively pursuing weight loss. Mm-hmm. And what I added were fat accounts of individuals who were just like fat and eating a hot dog on a Sunday, <laughs> uh, fat and without, um, while wearing a sleeveless t-shirt. It was really important for me to see exposed fat arms um, in like candid scenes. <laughs> Yes. It was really important for me to see fat bodies with fat exposed arms having a normal, happy time. Because what it did was psychologically shift for me um, and expand my imaginary in order to include an image of myself. In order for me to see that it was possible for me to wear a sleeveless anything or even like nowadays what it's like off the shoulder, you know, strapless. I could wear these things. I can wear a crop top. And if there's going to be fat phobic judgment, like let it come, it'll be all right. And I will feel comfortable at least. Yeah, I love that. And that that's so helpful. And I think something you, you said at the, towards the beginning of that was just talking about, you know, the media and kind of seeing the images that we're seeing coming in and and it's really easy if we're not seeing our body represented in that then to feel abnormal and like when you said it I was like wow that sounds so simple right like it's like oh like we're seeing one body all the time over and over again of course we feel like there's something wrong with it needs to be fit (laughs) Um, exactly and that's not even taking into account right that like a lot of the images we see in media are airbrushed, right? Mm-hmm. So they're even less human-like. <laughs> so true. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I love that, like, you started with just saying, like, awareness is going to be important in this process of, like, finding acceptance and, like, visualizing yourself, like, in this body in the future. Like, you need to know that, like, okay, something is, like, let's bring awareness to, like, there is a problem with the media, like, the amount of media you're consuming that, like, essentially saying that you're abnormal or what or like right. is that message is erasing or you know literally erasing our humanity from its existence yeah. yeah what really helped was in order to see bodies that were as fat as mine or even fatter than mine mm-hmm. really helped me to find gratitude in my body sometimes when i'm like so sick of my body right because all of us still have bad body image days mm-hmm. and sometimes when i'm feeling like sick in my body or i'm feeling like stuck or i'm feeling like oh, I just can't move the same way that I did a day ago. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, if there are ways that I can find gratitude in the body, sometimes I can manage to move through the discomfort in order to tolerate it so that when the day is over, I'm like, okay, this bad body image day was over. (laughs) And tomorrow is a new day. And hopefully I'll feel uh, less of this bad body image day. And so finding gratitude in the body I I really like this reframe that I use in my workshops where I want us to understand our bodies as heirlooms Mm. and the same way we would never, you know, nitpick a vintage heirloom that a vintage item that's been passed down to us. Right. We would never criticize the chipped paint or the (laughs) dent in the, in the bottom of, of this, thing that has been this precious item that has survived a lineage to be passed down to you. We would never critique those things. They make those things perfect. Those flaws make that thing perfect. And I find this especially helpful as a reframe for individuals for who have, whose lineages and whose ancestries come from places that have survived colonization or genocide or famine. 
This reframe isn't always helpful for folks who may have been adopted or maybe trans or maybe wanting body modification Mm -hmm. or experience cutoffs from their family. But for me, my body is exactly as fat as it should be. I, my, a lot, most of the people in my family are fat Mm -hmm. and there are people in my family who are as fat as me. Mm -hmm. And so I see my body as belonging within that grouping. And I see my body as something that has been passed down to me as something that I would like to feel thankful for. And so when I remember that my family comes from places in South Asia, my family has come from India and it has survived British colonization. My genes survived all the, survived partition, the greatest migration, mass migration in human history in 1947. Mm. My genes survived so many things that I, I think I imagine that maybe my fatness could be something wonderful actually. And should, should famine come again? Should we experience food scarcity again? Maybe I'd be able to survive it. My fatness has something in it that I can find gratitude in. Uh, Even if it's nothing as profound as that. (laughs) Um, When, you know, my family takes road trips, we used to take road trips down to South Carolina where my grandparents live. And, you know, my sister would always choose to sleep and lean on my fat arms and my fat shoulder mm-hmm. because it was the cushiest place to lean on uh-huh. and so I find gratitude in my fat arms for that too they're they give the best hugs fat hugs are the best hugs yes. oh <laughs> I love that I love how you're able to reframe that in in such a beautiful way and I think you know as you're talking first what's coming to my mind is um that I the sometimes I've worked with people who have said to me, you know, I don't think I can find gratitude right now for for, mm. this, for this body. But I do think that regardless, like the reframe to say, like, even the way that you post it as an heirloom, like, just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's freeing in a way. And it's like, it's like, it is okay. This is how it's meant to be, regardless of whether you can find gratitude in um, those little things right in this moment like I think you can still find acceptance if you're you're reframing it in that beautiful way oh that's how I feel very deeply about it yes. oh my gosh well thank you <laughs> so much for sharing that I think that people are a lot from that um so now let's let's um I guess find a, an ending point here so um recap for me again and for the listeners where people can find you on the interweb um, and some of the things that you have to offer you can find more of this and other political education content on my instagram and that's the fat sex therapist mm-hmm. um, i always repost amazing accounts in my instagram stories so it's a great place to look at if you're wanting uh, even more resources uh, for great rds and great therapists and great psychologists who are posting uh, additionally incredible information Uh, If you're interested in finding out more about my workshops or working with me as a client because you're based here in Pennsylvania, you can always reach me out through my website, and that's sonalir.com, or directly through my private practice at radicaltherapycenter.com. Awesome. That's so helpful. And I will definitely be linking below so people people can easily find you. Your Instagram is like absolutely awesome. You've got such an awesome following and you have so many, so many interesting posts that I think people are going to get a lot from. So I'm excited for some of my listeners to be finding their way to you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you again, Sonali, so much for spending your time with me for a bit today. This has been great.
it was an honor. Sincerely, thank you so much for the pleasure. Of course. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Sonali. You can check her out on Instagram at the Fat Sex Therapist or on her website, sonalir.com. And I'll link below so you guys can easily find her there. And also just wanted to mention um, that I have my six-week intuitive eating support group starting, uh, which is all virtual, and it's starting on June 5th. So if you're interested in getting into that group, just send me a message and I can get you registered. I hope you guys all have a good week and I will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.